0: Welcome to the New Books Network. Get a chair, grab a seat, or we'll sweep you off your feet. We move, we groove, you got mail. Ease your legs, rest a while, all you gotta do is smile. We're swell, can't you tell? No. When the show begins, you better hold on real tight. Or before you know it, you'll be high as a kite. Take a break, settle down, we're the only show in town down sro don't you know you got mel give it up don't think twice we're a hurricane on ice what the hell give a yell ring your bell show and tell mademoiselle give a smell. you got mel you've got mel and mel has the amazing the incredible vivian perfume. <laughs> <Curfew>. uh so <laughs> just let me uh, i stopped sharing oh everybody can see my screen oh we can see
1: everything that you're, you're uh, working on, right? Wonderful.
0: Uh, as we say, oyve So, uh, <laughs> So, Vivian, uh, start at the very beginning. First of all, mazel tov, we have two books coming out. It's incredible. Uh, and we'll talk about them. Uh, one is on two of my favorite singers. Uh, and uh, one is on uh, one of my favorite other topics, which is transportation. But why don't you start at the very beginning? Who are you? How okay. you come right uh, to? Who am I? I am a
1: person who is living her dream. I am so blessed and lucky uh, to find myself at this juncture in my life when many people are stepping back, sitting in a rocking chair, uh, you know, not really retiring from, from work and from life. And I find myself more busy. Uh, I work work. I, I'll call it work, but it's not really work. Cause I love what I'm doing. I work more than I ever did when I was actually working. Uh, so, so that's, that's where I am now. Uh, you're, you're, and-
0: you're, a, you're a poster girl for never never giving up.
1: That's right. That's my mantra. Nothing is impossible if you can imagine it. If you can imagine it, if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to put in the time and you have some luck, <laughs> it will happen. It, it it just will happen, you know, and I'm I'm so fortunate that I can be writing books now, but that wasn't what I, that wasn't my dream when I was little.
0: Okay, so mm-hmm. let's go back now. Okay. Little, little Vivian A. Abrams in New York City.
1: Right, Little Vivian. I was very shy and very timid. I, people laugh at me when I say that I was very shy because I love people and I always loved people, but. I guess the word was timid. I was afraid to do new things. I was afraid to go new places. I was afraid to meet new people. And I really don't know why I had, you know, loving parents. um, And but that was my nature. But I was always the peacemaker. I was always smiling. Um, I was always very loving. I mean, that's, that's Part of my DNA, that's like, I used to work um, in a department store for a while because we needed health insurance for my family, for my my husband. Which which department store would that be? Marshall's, Marshall's. So like Marshall's, TJ Maxx, that chain. And my husband was working, but he was um, self-employed at the time. So we didn't have insurance. And we had three young children. And so I I went out and I said, what can I do part-time that I could get health insurance? And back in those days, um, I guess it was the late, it was the 80s, early 80s, you could um, work at Marshall's part-time and get health insurance. That was a pretty good deal so i worked 24 hours a week and i worked at the service desk and everybody would wait online to be on my line and it was their turn to go to somebody else and they'd be like no that's okay i'm waiting for vivian because they just wanted to chat and they wanted i guess that little bit of sunshine and positivity, because, you know, everybody needs that smile, and everybody needs to feel better about their day, and so they would, and, and people would say to me, what are you on, you know, like, what are you taking, because you're always smiling, and I was like, I'm high on life, you know, every day is a new beginning, and there's always, no matter how bad things are, there's always something joyful that you can find. Uh, And, you know, so, I mean, if you're not in pain and if you're, you know, obviously it's very hard to be joyful if you're in pain or ill or, you know, really sad things are happening in your life.
0: But It sounds to me though, like you did, I mean, we never met before uh, and it sounds to me like there were some challenges that you encountered growing up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, just being so timid—that's a challenge. I was always the shortest person in my class. Tiny. My last name started with A, so now I was in the front. I always wore glasses. I had very, very, very poor vision. Uh, so I sat. I was. I was always up front, <laughs> and kind of tinier than everybody. Uh, but yeah, I think I think being timid was probably the challenge. And I just wanted to be home. I wanted to be playing with my dolls. I wanted to be playing with my friends. I wanted to be
0: reading, reading, always reading. Uh, so I the was reading was a bit reading. of an escape from the outside world?
1: You know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I, re- I grew up on the Lower East Side in New York City. Uh, Right across the street from the East River uh, in the projects, which in those days, in the late 40s, early 50s, they were really lovely. They had been built for the veterans coming home from World War II, and my dad had been uh, in the Army, so we lived there. And it was amazing. I mean, Halloween, can you imagine? Halloween, you don't even have to go out of the house, right? Right because there were 104 apartments in the one building. So you went around with your, I went with my older sister and some friends and you went to every single door, 104 doors you could knock on. It was awesome without even having to go out. So I I had a very joyful childhood, Um, but I mean, you know, I guess growing up is a challenge no matter where you are and And, and you
0: you just have this wonderful kind happy disposition which is really the best natural um defense against anything that comes at you yes yes i was
1: always my sister used to call me pollyanna not in a nice way (laughs) no i I think like they, they could make a shirley temple movie of you Right, exactly. With the hair too, right? Yeah. Uh, and I hated my hair. I hated my hair. Oh, it was, it was the bane of my existence. I hated my hair. It was always curly, curly, curly. And my mother kept it short because it was easier to take care of. And all my friends, especially in junior high and high school, they all had Mary Tyler Moore hair, you know, like straight with the little flip. And I would, I I'd let my hair grow long when I was in high school. Finally, it was up to me then. And I would sit with those big rollers. They used to have those big rollers and the big bouffant uh, dryer, hair dryer. And for hours. And I would take the it off, take the rollers out, comb my hair. It was perfect. So smooth. I'd walk outside, New York City, boing with the humidity, and it was this huge curly mess. But you now love? you can see I, I have grown a little bit more kind to myself, and I'm embracing who I am.
0: So when when did you start to love yourself? At what age?
1: Mm, I think I always, fortunately, had a core Inside me, I knew I was right. I knew I was good. I knew I was smart. I didn't always follow my own path because I was a peacemaker and I was, I didn't like waves and I I like things to be smooth. So there were many times when I did things that wouldn't have been my choice, but uh, it made life smoother. At this point in my life, I think probably when I turned 60, um, I was like, you know what? This this is what I like. That's what I don't like. And I began being a little bit more vocal. Um, And when I was 64, my son gave me a very unusual birthday present. He took me skydiving. Yes.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say (laughs) he. he sent me to a retreat for writers.
1: No, no, I wasn't I wasn't really writing at that time. I mean, I had written I'd written a book for parents and teachers.
0: I'd, like an adult
1: book. It so, was a so, guide. So,
0: I, 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 so you yes. went skydiving? Yes. From the from the agoraphobic girl who didn't want to leave the house. And you, and I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean aren't all normal people should be afraid of heights? Vivian. Right. I think, I, I think that to be to love heights, you have to be a real machine. You know? Right. Right. And,
1: but but you know, I mean, I, I went to visit. My son was married, <clears throat> living in Chicago at the time. I get off the plane, and he says, "Guess what we're doing tomorrow, Mom? We're going skydiving." And you know, I was like, "All right, I'll go," because I'm always I'm I'm up for a challenge.
0: Good, because I my birthday is tomorrow. Ah, do you want to go skydiving? <laughs> no, it's about, it's like approximately the last thing in my life that I want to do right now. Right. Uh, I used to fly all over, but I hate flying. So that would be like a big no-no. Oh, happy birthday, Dad. Guess where we're going. Right. So, so you jumped out of a plane, and, and good for you. How many times did you do that? Once. <laughs> I rest my case.
1: I mean, I I did not like the original free fall because there's a lot of pressure on your chest as you're falling flat. I did not like the moment when the parachute opened because you shoot up like you've been shot out of a cannon straight up. But the 10 minutes of gliding down was beautiful. And of course you're with somebody else. You, they don't let you go by yourself unless you've gone many times. So you're strapped into this professional guy who's done it a
0: million times, you know, and it was awesome. For, for, for me it, being strapped in uh, and jumping out of an airplane sounds like a, um, you know, a lethal injection in Alcatraz <laughs> it's let, let, funny because I, I, I'm getting nervous Vivian let's go back to relaxing things okay like, okay like children's books
1: very so, good but but the you, thing is when my feet touched the ground I knew that if I could do that I could do anything
0: oh wow. and that's
1: when I started writing for children
0: well wow. and before that you were a teacher a
1: kindergarten I, right so what that did was my
0: what, did you, what did you study
1: um early childhood education And I was a kindergarten teacher because that's, you know, they are they are new, they are innocent, they are honest, they are authentic. And in those days, back in the 60s and 70s, I mean, we we read stories every day. That's what we did. We we read picture books and we played with blocks. And we learn how to be Vivian, it, it,
0: This is incredible. Uh, um, my, my late mother was a kindergarten teacher. Really? And, yeah, and I, I used to help her out once in a while in kindergarten. I loved it. Um, yeah. So, so um, I have a theory that people who write children's books uh, have a, a kind of a, an arrested stage in their lives. Yes. Uh, and then they write for that age yes. that, they are, that they are stuck at. So if you agree with me, then what age were you stuck at? I guess I would say eight. I would you know, say so too, because your your picture books are a little uh, a little more advanced than right. the ones I write. So you're you you're writing with the eight-year-old Vivian.
1: Yes, I think so. I mean, that was an age where I I was reading like like a fiend. And I would go to the, in the summer, I would go to the library. And of course, I was very short, very little. And I would take out a stack of books. And I'd walk home with this stack of books. I looked like books walking, you know, because you couldn't see me except my little feet, you know. And, And I would sit down and I would read book after book after book. I mean, I would just read the book put it down. Next book, put it down. Next book. And when I would have breakfast, if there wasn't something to read at the table, I would read the box of cereal. I would turn it around and I would read all the ingredients and, you know, whatever there was to read. Yeah. I I definitely, so eight years old, I would say.
0: Okay. So uh, just, just before we, we move on to your incredible story as a writer, uh, what were your favorite children's books? if you can name two or three.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I can't, other than, I guess, The Little House by Virginia Lee Burton, I think that was the first book I had. Then the next book that I owned, because, you know, back in the day, you really didn't own a lot of books, um, you know, back in the, in the late 40s and early 50s. Um, but when I was five years old, I think I had um, my tonsils out because, you know, that was the time of, If you had a sore throat, take out the tonsils, right? And I can remember in the hospital, there was a line of children. We all were in our little white gowns. And there must have been like 10 or 12 of us standing in a line waiting to be taken in. And they asked, who wants to go first? Now, here I was very timid, but they had told me I was going to get ice cream. And I was like, I'll go first. And I still, to this day, I love ice cream. And I have it just about every day. So, um, yeah. So, But what I remember is when I woke up and my parents came to visit me, they brought me a little golden book, um, The Three Little Pigs. So, you know, even then. And then, then I loved Little Women, Little Men by Louisa May Alcott. I loved Pollyanna. Um, th- those chapter books that were the older classic ones, the Hardy Boys.
0: Yeah.
1: Me I too. was crazy about the
0: Hardy Boys and I Nancy want the Hardy Drew. Boys. I have them all.
1: And wow. You all. see,
0: we, we do have something in common, Vivian.
1: And, and Nancy Drew. And here you go. No, I, I, I want the Hardy Boys. Well, I don't have Hardy Boys. These, but these were all, these are the old, old, the old one, pardon?
0: Frank and his brother. I can't remember
1: his name. Yes, Frank and Joe. Frank and and Joe. Joe. His name was Joe. And their father was, I don't know, some kind of rich lawyer or something, whatever.
0: So Vivian, with all of these issues, okay. Yes. uh, You didn't, and and your love for for children, uh, and you didn't, write. All these years, and then what happened? No, no.
1: Well, when I was teaching, I was reading other people's books. When okay. my own children were born, and I have I have three children. Okay. Whoops, and that's them up there <laughs> when they were little. Um, but I did write a a few little picture books. Whoops. Oh, okay. I just want to turn my phone. Just little stories for them. Uh, and I, do you want to see one of them? Of course. I can show
0: you. Vivian, this show is about you. You can show us. Oh, this show is part. about me.
1: Okay. So, I wrote a story just for my own kids. And I even made it into a book. And it was called The Balloon Man. And it was about, it's about a, a, a guy. You, you can see I'm not an artist. <laughs> But ah,
0: for, for me, you are.
1: Well, and it's about a, this, this guy, he's selling balloons and um, a mouse scares him and the balloons go up in the air. And he fortunately has more balloons in his pocket and he blows them up. But it's, it's kind of like a color book because the balloons um, like this, the yellow looks like an egg. And so a few years ago, my daughter-in-law, who's an artist, uh, she loved that little story. And so she actually made like a book for me with beautiful illustrations. And um, so I know, yeah. So it's really, really cute. You know, and the the pink one is an ice cream cone. So maybe one day I'll do something with that, right? But, you know, so that that was my foray into writing when I was younger. You know, I wrote little, little stories, but never ever did I think I
0: would have real books. So what that... was the pivotal moment? What were the 10 minutes that changed your life?
1: So two things. In 2005, my children were all grown and married and on their own. And my husband said, you know, You always said you wanted to write a book. You should, you have the time now. You should write that book. And so I wrote the book that I had wanted when I was a teacher, a book to help teachers and parents. And that's this one. And those are my kids, actually. So you can see that's the little girl, my daughter, Carolyn. That's Jason. That's Peter when they were little because my daughter-in-law took pictures of them when they were little, and she created this. She drew that. So it, it, this is kind of like a textbook for parents and or teachers, and it gives you the name of the story and a little summary, and then it gives you a parenting tip, and then it gives you a place to write, you know, we did, we did this activity, we did that activity, and then there's a a craft activity, and a cooking experience that all match up with that story.
0: And so, uh, these, are, these are original stories of your own?
1: No, no. These are like Whistle for Willie, you know, um, by Ezra Jack Keats. These are Madeline. Um,
0: oh, um, Madeline,
1: my, my favorite. Okay, right. So, um, yeah, so it's all published books that other people wrote. And I just give a little summary and say why a parent should use that book with their child to build self-esteem, to help their child master tasks and skills. Anyway, so, so I wrote that book and I self-published That's such it. such a
0: great idea. That's right. such so, a great idea.
1: Yes, thank you. So I did that in 2010 and then at, in 2011, my son took the sky. Did
0: people buy it?
1: Um, well, you know, when you self-publish a book, it's all on
0: you. Exactly.
1: Not only do you write it and take care of the printing and everything, but you also have to market it, promote it. And I knew nothing about that. So I got books out. Um John Kremer's uh, one thousand and one things to market your book and I, I, I had a pile of books about how to sell your book. Uh, and for a shy, timid person, that's not exactly what you choose to do with your life. And so for a year or two, I knocked on doors of bookstores and children's clothing stores and children's gift shops and libraries. And I'd say, hi, I'm Vivian Kirkfield. I have this wonderful book. Would you like to, you know, whatever I said to them. And many of them took a few copies to see if they could sell them. And I sold copies enough to make back the money that it cost me to have it printed That is incredible, right? And but now I have uh like 50 boxes of you know seven books in every box that I you know because then I got busy, then my son took me skydiving, (laughs) and then I said, you know what, this isn't what I want to be doing, I want to be doing that, I want to be writing. I want to be writing the picture books. I don't want to be telling people about somebody else's picture books.
0: So, Vivian, can you share with the audience approximately like with a, a decade plus or minus how old you were when you had that thought? Yes, I was I was 64.
1: That was in 2011, whatever. So, I'm 73 now, I think, something like that.
0: Would you say kainan of hora? Thank you. <laughs> yes, it is a compliment.
1: No, it's like you you have to have a passion.
0: That's my belief. No, no, but for all of these sixty years, yes growing up on books, loving books, yes, studying childish, childish development. Studying childish development. Right. I just I just invented that.
1: Well, it is childish. We we all have to be childlike. Exactly. Not, Not okay. childish, but childlike. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, there, there's a discussion that we're going to have another time. Okay. Because I'm very childish. Oh, uh, that's
1: that's also good.
0: I wish I was more childish. Okay. Listen, I can help you be childish. Good. H- help me. Uh, help me become a better writer. Anyway. So, Perfect. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have a, we have a date next week. So okay. now, uh, so you went skydiving and then you had this uh, epiphany that what yes. I want to do with the rest of my life may be many, many, many decades is to become a recognized published writer. Exactly. I want to write popular. for children. That's right. one out of, you, you realize that you're one out of 5,000 or 50,000 people that have the same dream. You do realize that. Yes. Yes. I, I, I mean, when you meet people, and
1: and pe- I meet people and, and I and they say, oh, what do you do? I say, oh well, I, I write for children. Oh yeah, I'm go- I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book too, or I'm writing a book. And and that is true. We all have stories to tell. But the difference is that most people aren't going to have the passion, the patience, the productivity, practice, whatever you want to call it, because you have to keep on, keep on writing, write more, write more and the perseverance to and, make and, it happen. So I call and, it the four P's, you know, Yeah,
0: I was just going to say there's a, psycho, a psychological theory called the four P's. Oh, uh, is there? Yeah. So I'll okay. send you. So there's passion, perseverance, productivity, yes. and I forgot perspicace. Patience. 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 I forgot
1: that because that's the one I don't have. Okay. it That's right. And that's a really difficult one. And I am very fortunate because one of the things that's part of my DNA is patience.
0: Okay. So you're, you're 60, 60? 60, yeah. Then, bit. right. I was 64, right? And so, and how do you go about this now? Oh, that's such a good
1: question. Yeah. Um so i was already i had just started blogging i knew nothing about the internet because i grew up with you know like typewriters and uh, mimeograph machines and you know all of that stuff <laughs> so know. right so i was afraid to even turn the computer on my husband used to turn it on for me because i thought i would i would break the world I was sure that by pressing delete, or the wrong key, I would affect everybody else's computer.
0: You could destroy the world.
1: The world, yeah, right.
0: I mean, the Dr. president po, would be calling me delete. saying, what did you do, you know? Um, there's, a, there's a children's book here, you know, one morning, Vivian pressed I know. delete, and all the lights went off in the room. That's right, that's right. And I,
1: I, can't, I, I still can't open like a, a CD case, you know, like that has a CD. In, uh, yeah. So it was a big learning curve to start using the computer to start blogging. But I knew I had this this show me how parent teacher book. If I didn't start getting the word out, I was going to have 100 boxes or a 1,000 boxes. I mean, right? I was going to have... boxes so I, I needed to start spreading the word so I was blogging and I was blogging about picture books I was reviewing picture books and somebody came to my website to my blog and they left a comment and they said oh you should hook up with Susanna Leonard Hill because every Friday she reviews a picture book And that's what you're doing. So, you know, you should go and see her blog. So I went to her blog and I connected with her. And she's an amazing mentor. Um, She's a multi-published picture book author. But also, she does a lot of contests for writers. Everything is free. She just had a contest now called Halloween Z. And you have to write a hundred word. story about Halloween. She has one for the holidays. She has one for springtime. She has lots of contests. So I began participating. Oh, There's another P participate, see, because you have to participate in, in life. Right. And Incredible. so I was participating. I, I did her contests. I left comments on her blog. I began meeting other people who were also in that community of people who wanted to write picture books and many of those people now that were back in 2012 just beginning they have books out now too because they did the same thing they put in the time they practiced they had patience they were perseverant you know all of those things and they had the passion so so and I began um, participating in other challenges that were out there on the internet on the on, on people's is, websites.
0: Is participation in the piece or it's another P.
1: It is. That's
0: what I said. It's another P.
1: And you need that. You
0: need that. You need to participate. After our conversation, please put the link to Susanna and the link where people can buy your books. Okay. Link to your website. Okay. So people I will. can benefit from your wisdom. Such as it is. <laughs> um, listen, you're, you're uh, truly remarkable.
1: Well, I'm, you know what makes me the happiest is that at this point now, I can help other people. And that's what I do. So there's this guy who, his name is Justin Colon. He has a, a mentorship program. And I was a mentor last year. The person who I mentored, um, She got an agent a few months later, and her books are out on submission now. So this year, I couldn't just pick one person because I had 70 people who sent me applications. Can you imagine? 70 people. So I picked two people to be mentees. I picked two people to be runner-ups. And I picked four people to be honorees. And I promised them each a critique and a Skype session. And um, in fact, yesterday I had three of them
0: on Skype. And you don't get paid for this? No. You're wonderful. Next year, you're not going to have 70 applicants. You're going to have 71. Well, (laughs) good. I'm going to join those people. Wonderful. Wonderful. I have to, I have to, I have to learn your wonderful pixie dust.
1: So, you know, it's, it, it's fun. It's so much fun. It's like joyful. Every day for me is a joy.
0: Incredible. So, so very briefly, yes. how did you find your agent? And I want to talk with you about the two wonderful books that okay. coming out. Okay.
1: So my agent. So in 2012, I joined Julie Headland's 12 by 12, and you had her just the other day. And She's incredible. She's incredible. And in the end of 2011, which was right after I jumped out of that plane, right after I pub- self-published that other book, um, she announced, I'm going to have a challenge. I'm going to call it 12 by 12. And we're going to try to write 12 books in one year. And she had that challenge because she had participated in Tara Lazar's Paibo Idmo, which was Picture Book Idea Month, which is now called Story Storm. So she's another mentor who really has given back to the community amazingly. And her challenge was to come up with a new idea for a story every day in one month. So now you have 30 story ideas. Julie said, huh, I, I did that but I haven't written any of the stories. I have lots of ideas. So her challenge was take the ideas and actually write the story. So I joined 12 by 12 the first year in 2012 and I wrote 12 stories. And then the next year I wrote 12 stories. Some of them were horrible, but some of them are books now. (laughs) Um, And the next year, 2014, I was like, you know, I've, I've sent out some of my stories to agents and they all come back. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I must be doing something wrong. Just because I got A's in English doesn't mean I can write a picture book. So in 2014, I took five classes. I don't recommend doing that because it was crazy, but I took a class in February. Susanna's class actually was my first class and it's fabulous. I took a class um, with Renee LaTulip on rhyme writing rhyme. I took a class with uh, Emma Walton Hamilton. I took a class with um, about writing nonfiction. Anyway, so over the year, with Mira, one with Mira Reesberg, I took five classes. And by the end of 2014, I already had one agent who said, I would like to represent you. So my writing had, as far as writing picture books,
0: had definitely improved. Was this an agent that you had met or somebody you just wrote?
1: Yeah, it was an agent who I actually had taken her class but I knew I didn't want her for an agent. So, you know, it because there's the right agent for everybody, but not every agent is the right agent for everybody. Right. Um, some people want someone who's very like, go get them, powerful or whatever. I wanted somebody who was organized because I'm not somebody who's a great communicator because many agents are not Uh, many agents. You send them your manuscript and you don't hear, I mean, and they're your agent, right? They're all You're already working with them, but you don't hear from them for months because that's just how they are. You know, they're busy, whatever. I wanted somebody who was going to be responsive to me and I Mm -hmm. wanted somebody Who was not only a good business person but who was kind and compassionate because for me the world is not a kind place many times and there's no reason why a person should on purpose work with people who aren't kind i mean sometimes you can't help it but if you can help it then you you choose compassion right that's what you choose so I searched, and I, and by 2015, I had four agents who were interested. They all had all asked for more work, you know, in addition to the one story I sent them.
0: And well, you you realize that this is ridiculously uh, amazing. Like, right. most, but most but people, they didn't
1: they didn't come to my door, knocking on my door, while I was sitting it, doing it, it, nothing.
0: It Doesn't matter. I want to. I want to add another P word. Okay. And that word is patalent. You have incredible patalent. Okay. And that P is talent with a P. Ta- oh, talent. Patalant. Talent with a capital P. Because now I don't oh. want to spoil all your alliteration.
1: Right, right, right. Patalent.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we could talk for hours, but we're here to celebrate two books of yours. Thank you publish you. A bunch of your books and you have two amazing new books coming out. Yes. So which, I, which I've taken a peek at because they're not in the stores yet. But you can order right. them. Right. You can right. order so them. This book is actually
1: in the stores. Oh, know, I see.
0: Then,
1: yes, right. So and so you wonder where do you get ideas, right? People always ask, where do you get your ideas from? Right. So I was online looking and I saw this picture and you know, I grew up in the fifties and I said, I didn't know that Ella Fitzgerald and Marilyn Monroe knew each other. I didn't know that. I didn't All know right. that they helped each other. And when I, when I see that my curiosity, so that's another P word that starts with a C curiosity. <laughs> um, you oh, and, know.
0: And, and, and my curiosity was peaked. And peaked that right?
1: With the right. I'm peaked. Right. Right. Exactly. I'll, I'll help um, you
0: with all the p-words. Thank me find, you. I, I appreciate that. You help me find an agent, and I will help you with all the p-words. Okay, wonderful. So I began to
1: do research, and I and I found the story. and But there was no book that told me that they were actually friends. And so do you know what I did? So again, it's like it doesn't come to you. You actually have to do some things. So what I did was I emailed the author of one of the Marilyn Monroe books that I had read. I found her email online because she's a former professor at uh, some California college. So her email was there. So I emailed her and I asked her and she was like, no, I don't know, but you should go and look online. The president of the Marilyn Monroe fan club has a website. He might know. So I Go to his website. He has an email. I email him. His name is Greg Schreiner or something. And he's amazing. And he holds memorials for Marilyn Monroe every year at her grave with his fan club members. And he said, I don't know if they were really friends, but I'll give you the phone number of the woman who was Ella Fitzgerald's promoter for 37 years. I'm like, okay. And you see now again, I'm timid. I hate making phone calls, especially to people that I don't know, that I have to ask them to do something for me. That's really hard. But I knew that if I didn't do it, I would kick myself. So I called her. And I left a message and she she called me back and she still lives in uh, Hollywood, in L.A., wherever. And she was charming. And we chatted for two hours and she said, yes, they were friends, you know, not like they didn't go out to the movies together because Ella was very straight laced and Marilyn was very party girl. And but and she was very, they were both very shy actually, but they every time they met, they chatted and and Marilyn really did help Ella and Ella really did help Marilyn and that's the story. So yeah, so I hope people will buy it because it's an awesome story about friendship.
0: Yeah, let me let me just say, uh, let me just help you. Uh, It's an incredible book. Uh, and it's it, inspiring for, for young children, uh, and uh, also their parents. Um, and uh, what I found incredible was your the way you're able to convey adult ideas in a in a way that a, an eight year old or a seven or a six year old can uh, can understand. Right. Thank you. Thank uh, it you. It was very uh, you know, and um, uh, I. Uh, when I'm able to travel, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to buy one of those books and run up to New Hampshire get you to sign it uh, because these are two of my incredible, uh, you know, uh, heroes as a kid. Um, Thank you. I, I have Ella Fitzgerald's autograph, um, and uh, wow, I, I was I was like blown away to read this book. Um, let's just mention your other book. Um, okay. To-
1: and by no. the way, it's it's illustrated. You know, whenever we talk, you talk to authors. The illustrator, especially for a picture book, is so important. I mean, that's half or more than half of the story. And so, Ann Harris is the is the illustrator, and she did she did just a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, in, it's in, like in, you uh, really get the sense of of the story um, from. You know, you could just read the pictures, actually. And,
0: and the, the incredible thing is she didn't work from photographs uh, because there aren't those photographs of them. Right. Yet. I mean, she she created
1: them, you know. she. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she did so, a beautiful job. So, so, so I, thank you for, for wanting to hear about that book. I, I really, you know, I'm very, very proud of it and happy. And it's all about inclusion and it's all about women power, and it's all about speaking out. I mean, it's all of these relevant issues that we need to
0: convey to children these and, days. And Marilyn, for all her beauty as an adult, she was somewhat of an ungainly, or she perceived herself to be ungainly as a child. And, well, and she was yes. and, and stuttered. And, yes. And, and so you can become, really, whatever Anything. you want to.
1: Nothing is impossible. If you can imagine it, that's right. And, and, you know, the only failure is the failure to keep trying. And that's the next book, right? So this is soft cover right now, but it will be hard cover. This is just the, um, the advanced reader copy that they send to reviewers and everything. Um, And it's, it will be all be in color,
0: um, you know, like that. It's going to be really beautiful. But I, I'm going cool. to buy this book too because I read it. And again, you've taken uh, the inventive process and you've made it clear to to uh, young children. And you've done something. I'm an inventor. And I, one, I read that. I think that's amazing. No, I, I think you're amazing because what I, you've done in this book is you haven't sugarcoated it and said, you know, uh, this is the guy that built that invented the bicycle. Because there wasn't one guy. There was numerous people, right. each one building on previous ideas. Correct. And that, is the beauty, that is the beauty of this book. This is a book that uh, tells it like it, it was. And, uh, now, and now everybody in my audience has met the woman who tells it like it is. So now I, now I understand how this book could have been written. Well, thank you, thank you.
1: And this book, uh, and uh, by the way, and the artist, the illustrator, is Gilbert Ford, and he's he did a, a beautiful, beautiful job. Um, but what I love about this is a couple of things. The first thing is that it shows for each invention the, the car, um, the not the first bus, but the first the
0: hot air balloon,
1: the hot air balloon, the
0: Especially first. Help you they, with your book.
1: Okay, good, good. Um, the hot nice air balloon, ball. I know, right? So each story awesome. shows that moment when either as a child or as an adult, that person said, ah, wait a minute, maybe I could do that. You know, like the, the, um, the, the rocket guy, yeah, Robert Goddard, you know, yeah. Even when he was a child, he was fascinated with birds and and things that flew, but there there weren't planes. And one day he went up in a tree and he looked up at the moon and he said, I'm going to build a vehicle that can go up there. And he was like, I don't know, 14 or something. And he went to school and he asked the teachers, you know, how could, and they were like, are you crazy? Nobody could ever get to the moon or whatever. But of course, you know, he's the father of rocketry. I mean, it's because of what he did that we are going to the moon and beyond.
0: So yes. Vivian, this is incredible. It's really an incredible book uh, for me to read about other inventors. Thank you. Uh, um, so it. Uh, Usually, I ask my guests to sing a Beatles song. A Beatles song. Yeah, but you can. But I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna make an exception for you. You can okay. sing a song that uh, Marilyn Monroe or Ella Fitzgerald song sang. Okay.
1: Are you gonna sing along with me?
0: Because uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I probably know Beatles songs better than uh, than I know Ella and Marilyn songs. So what's What's
0: your favorite Beatles song?
1: I don't know. I have I have lots of songs I like, but I don't know if I'll remember the words. You know, you're talking to a timid person. And when I was in school and the teacher would point to you, <sighs> oh, it's like all, all of the knowledge that was in your head, it
0: was it, gone. It, you know, one of the things that uh, one of these uh, uh, things that I'm trying to come to terms with is that you say that you're timid, but you were happy to be on this show. And yes. Hundreds maybe a thousand people from all over the world, will see it. Right. And you don't well, that come us. Nice. and you were happy to be on the show, and you weren't timid about it.
1: One-on-one or with a small group, I never had a problem.
0: No, but hundreds of people are going to see this video.
1: Yeah, but I'm not standing up in front of them right now. That used to be my, my hardest thing. But I have gotten better. I went around the world last year, actually, if you can believe that because I had three books that were launching the Pippa book, the sweet dream, Sarah book and the otter's book. And I wanted to, you know, um, get the word out. And I went and I visited friends, critique buddies in New Zealand and Switzerland and Italy. And it was, it was amazing.
0: Next time you'll have to drop by Israel on the way. I will. Yes. And, uh, so we didn't talk about, about Pippa, which is a book about a, a, a mouse and a Passover plate. Yes. Um, it's
1: and, very and, sweet. It's in rhyme. It rhymes. It, yeah.
0: it, it's very sweet, but, but um, you're not really that Jewish to write a book about Passover. And right. you, told me, you told me that you can write a book about anything.
1: I could. And I, I love could. it. I know Well, because, because it's really a book about courage and friendship. That's what it's a book about. I mean, it just happens she's searching for her Seder
0: plate. Yeah. But it's not, you know. So you, you, as a timid a timid Vivian, Yes. You find your courage yes. writing about people with Who find their courage. I love yes. it. Yes. I love it.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, most of my books, yeah. uh, Sweet Dreams, Sarah, Whoops! That was the first one. And that's about the first African-American woman who had been a slave. But when after the Civil War, she goes to Chicago and
0: she builds a piece of furniture and gets a patent for it. You know, you know, uh, I read this book before I knew you, Uh, before I knew who you were. Yes. She invents this kind of uh, hold on. She invents a kind of a something that turns into a bed. Yes, a folding bed. That's right. So, so you know, so you're you're so famous that I read that book long before I knew who you were. Yeah, so that that's you know I, that's I, the schematic. I, mean, the I had literally I had literally forgot that you wrote that. And that. That's a great book. Thank you. That, but because but, because we we are
1: all um, underdogs. We're all underdogs in this world. And we have to find somehow find the courage to speak up, step out, stand up, do fo- and follow our passion, do what we want to do. So many people, they have a dream when they're young, but then, you know, life happens. And I think hold on to your dreams.
0: Listen, because this is you can the, do it. A, a, this has been a remarkable it's almost like a birthday present for me, you know. <laughs> yes, happy you. birthday. Yeah a, a few more maybe hours. we
1: need to sing happy birthday. Maybe that's what we have to sing. Do
0: <laughs> you want to sing happy birthday to me? That would be a first. let's we can do that.
1: Yes, I think so,
0: right? Go for it. Okay.
1: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mel. Happy birthday to you and many more.
0: <laughs> Thank you, dear. Wow, Vivian Kirkfield. Uh, yes, I, you managed to um, avoid singing a Beatles song.
1: but uh, Oh, I know. Next time, if you ever have me again.
0: <laughs> I, I would love to have you again. Um, and uh, it it's... It's, it's incredible. I, I um, we, we should sing, that. I want to hold your hand, right?
1: Because we can't okay. hold people's hands now, right? Okay, so do you want to start or shall I
0: start? You can start. <laughs> okay, I don't remember the first few words. Um, so you start. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know how it's, how I, does it start? I, there something.
1: I want to hold your hand. <laughs> I want to hold your hand. I I want to hold your your hand hand. and when you touch me I feel happy inside it's just a feeling (laughs) that my love I can't hide I can't hide oh my gosh (laughs) and you yeah they have very good words
0: do do you realize that this interview which should last 35 minutes is already 58 minutes long
1: oh my goodness Sorry. <laughs> I,
0: I, don't, I, I don't think Facebook will fire me, uh, but um, I think that I'm going to say goodbye. And, and I hope that we will be in touch in the future uh, because I am blown away by your writing and by your wonderful personality.
1: Thank you. You're very kind and I'm available. You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Pinterest, I'm, I, I have my blog. Um, you have my email, so I'm always yeah, don't available.
0: Forget to write, don't forget to write underneath the video all the places where people can find you Okay. And some of the contests you talked about um, so that we will be able to help other people um, to
1: fulfill their passion. Okay. And when, it, when I write my website, I'm going to have to write dot .com, D-O-T, com, because Facebook... Is not happy with me, and I know, right? They love me, but they don't like my website URL, and and whenever I put it anywhere on Facebook, they block it, and then they then they apologize and they say we fixed it, but then it isn't fixed, so it's some kind of a glitch, but um, yeah. So what can you do? You know, Facebook is kind of faceless. They there's nobody it's, there. It's you faceless.
0: know. <laughs> maybe
1: somebody from facebook will be listening and they'll fix it finally
0: or it could be the kernel of a new book (laughs) the kernel of a new book right
1: mel thank you so much this was so much fun
0: it was a wonderful birthday present thank you very much Uh,
1: bye bye